Raising the Bar podcast, brought to you by the Association of Gray's Inn Students. Hello, welcome back to the Raising the Bar podcast. I'm Eleanor Johnson. We're in Gray's Inn with Amy Oliver, and we're talking about well-being at the bar. Amy is a criminal barrister at two Harcourt buildings. She was called in 2016, and she's been practicing for just under three years. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. What do we mean by well-being at the bar? It's about mental health, um, essentially. It's acknowledging that barristers are humans with human brains um, and that making the effort to safeguard our mental health is not a weakness, but something that everybody should be doing and something that's important to being the best you can be and making success of a career at the bar. And obviously, this is extremely important in general, but why is well-being at the bar important specifically? Being at the bar is a really intense career, um, and in order to do well, you've got to be able to cope with that intensity. Um, So just as professional athletes need to be physically fit to perform at their best, barristers need to be mentally fit. And your brain is your business as a barrister. You are selling your legal knowledge, your ability to be a persuasive advocate. So you need to take care of your brain, keep it in good shape, um, so you can carry on making that your business and being good at it. So... As you said, the bar is an incredibly intense career. It really requires that brain power. Are there any particular challenges to the well-being of barristers um, due to their career? Yes, the the bar poses some particular challenges to mental health. It's a very competitive place. It's full of ambitious people. And you're not always going to be the best. Um, You will have bad days. You will fail sometimes. And taking on cases themselves can put a tremendous amount of responsibility um, on you personally as a barrister. And... Also, by its nature, the bar can be quite an adversarial place. Um, so there's, there are still remnants of that stiff upper lip attitude, putting on a brave face, don't show any weakness. So it's really good that that conversation is changing now. Um, and it's good to be aware of the tools and resources that are available to keep barristers in good shape mentally. Um, it's a great thing that there's now this focus on well-being at the bar. People are recognising that these are challenges that everybody's going to be facing. And the conversation, as I said, is happening now. The attitudes are changing. And hopefully that's going to make the bar a happier and healthier career choice. And it's great that, as you say, these attitudes are changing and that we're finally recognising that, as you said earlier, barristers are human beings with human brains. Um, They need to to focus on their well-being. Are there particular groups of people within the bar that you think could benefit from this newer focus on well-being? Well, everybody at the bar can benefit from the new focus on well-being, but in particular, there are certain groups. So, for example, those who have family commitments and caring responsibilities, where it's really important to balance your work and your family life and not to allow that to become a major stressor. And going along with that, people who are considering taking a break from the bar to have a family or people who are returning to practice after a break. Also, pupils. Everybody knows that pupillage is a really challenging part of a barrister's career. You're trying to fit into a new group of people, trying to impress everybody, trying to please everybody. And there's that feeling of being constantly scrutinised. And I would also add um, new tenants, because after pupillage, for some people, there can be that loss of supervision and formal support structure. And it's a bit of a transition period. You're still going to be facing new challenges all the time. You might have a bit of a lonely practice, not necessarily working on cases with other people anymore. And you may not yet have developed strong relationships within chambers or know who to speak to when things are getting too much. So pupils and new tenants um, can especially benefit from the, the focus on well-being at the bar, which is happening at the moment. 
I found it really interesting when you were talking about the different family structures because this new focus on well-being, it really reflects the new focus on the increased diversity of the bar, doesn't it? On um, the different family structures and the fact that people from all different backgrounds with all different responsibilities can be at the bar. Do you find that from well-being? Oh, absolutely. That's really important to well-being um, because having people at the bar who've got all different life experiences, that just creates a more understanding atmosphere. It makes better barristers because it's not just everybody is made from the same mould. It's lots of different people who are able to bring their life experience to their work and are able to support other people who are perhaps going through similar experiences. So the diversity, which is a problem at the bar but is getting better, is important and is going to help wellbeing. And linked to that, the, the problems with uh, retention at the bar and with more diverse people at higher levels at the bar, perhaps an improved focus on well-being may help those people to actually stay at the bar and to want to continue their career when perhaps previously they would have left. Well-being is clearly extremely important. It has all of these really impressive outcomes, which we've spoken about. How does Gray's Inn help to promote the well-being of barristers? Well, the Gray's Inn Barristers Committee organises events throughout the year and they include specific well-being at the bar events, but also general junior bar events, which is really good for connecting the, the younger members or the more junior members of the bar. Gray's Inn also operates a mentoring scheme and that's particularly aimed at second six pupils and junior barristers who, as I said, might, might be struggling for a formal support sort of scheme and they, they, whether or not it's in chambers, they need somebody more senior to guide them somebody they can go to and ask their stupid questions um, or just to speak to when times get a bit tough. There's the um, Charlie Waller Memorial Trust, which is associated with the inn, and that's a trust set up by the family of a young man who took his own life. Um, they run events and training focusing particularly on young people's mental health. Um, but for our purposes, they have some great free resources online that people can download. For example, there's one on perfectionism, which is very relevant for a lot of barristers. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> All of these opportunities sound amazing. Where should people look to find out more about what the inn offers? Well, if anybody wants to know more about what Grays offers specifically, there's a wellbeing and support section on the Grazing website, which you can go to, which has got links to resources, including free online meditation courses. There's also the Wellbeing at the Bar website, which Grazing supports. And um, anybody who is looking for more information or wants to get involved in some way can contact the education department at Grays. And as our listeners can probably tell, just from the fact that you're on this podcast, um, you've been doing a lot yourself to promote well-being at the bar. What sorts of things have you been doing? Mostly, uh, it's starting a conversation, talking about things. So uh, last February, I went to the residential weekend at Cumberland Lodge to help with the training of bar students. And one of the things I was asked to do on that was to be on a panel to talk about the theme of challenges ahead. And I was asked to tackle the topic of dealing with pupillage and getting mini pupillages because I was the most junior person on the panel. Obviously, those things are not too far in my past. So it was really good that people are recognising that pupillage and, and the, what comes before pupillage can be very stressful and challenging times. And it's a positive thing that people are anticipating that before they've got there and they want to talk about it and know what they should do. So it's people being proactive and starting those conversations as to how they might deal with those challenges ahead. October of last year, I was on a, another panel, um, but it was a discussion chaired by the vice chair of the Wellbeing at the Bar working group. And we took audience questions from people at Gray's Inn, mostly bar students, 
Um, they were submitted anonymously, so we drew them out of a bag, basically, and then we had a discussion around each point that came up. And the one that I ended up talking about was, essentially, I, I talked about my view that there isn't any one-size-fits-all solution for keeping yourself well. There are general things which are good, which apply across the board, like getting enough sleep, eating properly, watching out for signs of anxiety and depression, going to the doctor, dealing with things medically if it does get to that point. But each person is going to know themselves best. And so well-being is a very personal thing. As I say, there is not a one-size-fits-all. So you know personally whether you're somebody who prefers working in the evening or early in the morning, whether doing things like yoga or playing team sports or going for walks is better for your mental and physical health. And what works for you might change throughout your life. So it's an ongoing process of finding out how you relax, how you work most effectively and how you deal with things like failure and stress. And nobody is perfect. It, it, things are going to get on top of you sometimes and that's okay. Life at the bar can be tough. But for anybody listening to this podcast, have a think about what works for you what new things you might like to try in terms of looking after your own well-being and be mindful about how you're feeling. So notice when your stress levels are consistently high, when you're feeling down for a number of days. Try to do something about it before it becomes a bigger problem. You've just said that uh, obviously there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for uh, everybody. So this might be a bit of a difficult question to answer, but do you have a best tip regarding well-being? Well, one of the other things I did mention on, on the panel in October, which I think is really important, is to remember that you're not just a barrister. So nobody is just a barrister or just a bar student. Everybody has something else in their life or should have something else in their life, whether that's a family, a circle of friends, a hobby, some sort of non-law related passion. And that's something that means you're not pinning your entire self-worth on your successes and failures at the bar. Because being a barrister is such a roller coaster of emotions at times, it's crucial to have other things in your life so that when you do fail, when you do hit a low, because you will, your whole world is not going to come crashing down because it's the only thing that you have going on. And, and as I say, it's pinning your self-worth to that is, is quite unhealthy and can lead to sort of fixation, obsessive thoughts and ruminating. So it's really good to have other things in your life and positive relationships as well, whether that's with colleagues, friends, family, it's key to well-being because then you have that support network and people that you know you can go to. And the fact that well-being and mental health is being talked about more nowadays, whether at the bar or more generally, it is really good because it creates this atmosphere where people are going to be more willing to discuss these things with their friends and their colleagues. And sometimes they are the first people who are going to notice that something's not right. So keep an eye on your friends and colleagues as well. Don't be afraid or ashamed to have conversations with them, whether that's about your own feelings or a case that is really stressing you out or something going on in your personal life or about something that you've noticed going on with them. It just sets up that relationship that this is a topic you can talk about, whether it's now, whether it's in the future. And you don't have to have that level of relationship with all of your friends or all of your colleagues, everybody in chambers. Mm -hmm. But it is good to have a few people you know you can go to if you ever did need to talk about those kind of things and that you'll have their back in return. And that support network is a really important part of well-being as well. That's probably the case as well, isn't it? That especially with newer barristers or pupils, um, they'll think that they're the only people who've ever felt this way. They're the only people not coping and everybody else seems to be so on top of things. But have you found that once these conversations start, um, people, especially more senior barristers, will say, actually, I was exactly the same when I was at your stage. 
um, people can relate to perhaps a surprising extent and it's uh, quite supportive conversations come from that. Absolutely and it's so reassuring to speak to somebody who's a little bit more senior than you, perhaps a lot more senior than you, that you trust that can say don't worry, We've what you're there. experiencing <laughs> is you know you haven't messed up and this is how you deal with it or this is what happened to me mm. and just knowing that it's not as overwhelming as perhaps it first seemed. And when you do talk to other people about things, they do, sometimes the effect of speaking about them makes them just a bit smaller and mm. just, it feels like a problem halved as a, a problem shared as a problem halved. Yeah. And you know, you're not, you're not the only one to have felt this way as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and you can see that perhaps somebody you admire, somebody who's gone on to be successful, went through exactly the same thing. Mm. So it doesn't mean that this is you failing forever. It's just a hurdle that you're gonna to have to overcome. I'm sure everyone listening will agree this has been incredibly useful and really uplifting, actually. Um, so if people want to find out more about wellbeing, where can people find some more information? Well, as I said, if you go to the Grazing website, there's quite a few links to a few different things um, there. So there are specifically some resources for younger barristers and some for people who've got families and childcare responsibilities. Um, and then there's a whole website uh, for wellbeing at the bar which, as I said, Grey's Inn supports, and there's a link on the website, the Grey's Inn website, that can take you to the wellbeing at the bar, and they've got all sorts of different sections and resources that you can look at, um, depending on what problems you're facing, or just if you want to go and get informed, which is a great thing to do, because if you arm yourself with the toolkit now, if you ever need it, or if somebody you know ever needs it, you're going to be ready to face that challenge head on. Thank you for coming to speak to us about these incredibly important conversations, about the focus on well-being, which we are now thankfully having, and about how beneficial all of this can be to everybody at the bar. Thank you for coming to speak to us, and thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Raising the Bar podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. And for more information, check us out on Twitter at RaisingTheBarGI.com.